Laker Nation, what is going on? We are back with episode nine of the Showtime Forum podcast. I am your host, Rayel Barbon, and with me as usual is none other than Mr. Del Del Toro. What up, yes, Rochacho? What's up, man? What's going on, dude? How you? How's the week been treating you? It's been good. It's been kind of yeah. quiet on the Laker front, though. So Has it? I, I think that's what it is. Damn, this is quiet to you? I mean, yeah. Well, anyway. <laughs> well, if you guys want to drop a line, you guys know where to reach us. You can catch us on Showtime Forum. That's on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook. Uh, you can also reach Adele and I at the uh, handles listed in the description below. Uh, and uh, with us today is a fellow Laker diehard, uh, the godfather of Lakers hype videos himself. When he's not dropping a new LA Avengers video, you can catch him hosting and producing 2K TV, Chris Manning, or as he's better known, to the online community ld2k ld2k what's what up, going man? on guys how are you guys doing good man thanks good, for coming man. on man shooting the breeze absolutely anytime yeah appreciate it man appreciate it so for those who aren't familiar with uh 2k tv how would you go ahead and just kind of break it down for them how would you simplify it for them yeah so uh nba 2k tv is pretty much i believe the longest episodic tv program inside a video game and basically we touch on nba 2k the nba culture you know, lifestyle stuff. We have celebrities on. We we talk to athletes. We talk to the community directly. So, uh, you know, I spent seven years on the NBA 2K franchise serving as the community manager. And now I'm kind of in a new role working with the development team uh, and producing and hosting the show alongside uh, our, my new co-host, Alexis Morgan. So it's been a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, we're just trying to really engage with the community, you know, a lot like what I do with Lakers fans, you know, before I was with 2K. So, it's it's just really connecting with people that have a passion about basketball, have a passion about NBA 2K, and kind of bringing all that culture together inside a show. It's a, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, man, that's that's right. a genius show, by the way. And just so you, uh, I'm sure yeah. you guys are aware of that, but it's genius. I appreciate um, it. You know, speaking on that, you know, have you had a chance to catch any of these uh, playoffs? Oh yeah, oh yeah. You know, I had to like run away from the TV right now to, to record mm-hmm. this. So you know, I, I'm I'm a diehard basketball junkie. People. Literally, I sit and my life revolves around basketball, career-wise, like personal. So it's it's really great to kind of watch the playoffs. Although, I was hoping our Lakers squeezed in there. The injuries sucked this year, but you know, it's it's fun to watch the next generation of players. I think it's been a little weird, like for me being a Kobe fan and like oh, yeah. that was my guy growing up and watching his entire career. Kind of now we're transitioning into like the next phase. Like all our guys are kind of retiring. Dwayne Wade's kind of gone. Dirk's Mm going to be gone now, you know, so Kevin Garnett's gone. So, you know, as we come into this, I guess this, this next generation of Hoopers, it's kind of been fun to not only enjoy it as a basketball fan, but also work around it as well. So it's, it's exciting, you know, and these players have been pretty good, you know, sans LeBron, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. So how how are your uh, playoff predictions doing so far? Who you got uh, winning it all? You uh you're rolling with Golden State. You know, if they get KD back and he's healthy, and it sounds like he's not going to play no. game one or two of the finals. Um, obviously Golden State has to be the favorite, especially with how well they played in the Western Conference Finals. I mean, for Golden State to to play without KD and even have Iggy out towards the later end of that series to come back from 17, I, I believe it was 17, 18, 17, and three consecutive games against you know Portland, who was a tough team this year. Uh, that's just remarkable. They're playing at a very high level, you know, something that I think we haven't seen since those kind of three-peat, you know, era Lakers. Um, you know, it's it's pretty remarkable what they're doing. But I have to say there's something about Milwaukee, and as we're recording this, mm-hmm. game four is on, uh, game five is on, so, you know, they were it's back and forth right now. I think it's going to be interesting because either Eastern team has home court advantage over the Warriors – yeah. And, you know, you're assuming that series goes seven. And even if it goes six, they're going to have more uh, fluidity in terms of playing basketball more recently than the Warriors. So it's going to be interesting to see if, A, the Warriors can come out and still be pretty sharp in the final series. And then, B, if Kevin Durant's back, is he going to just be infused right into the offense? Because right yeah. now they're playing at a super high level and passing the ball and, and cutting at the right times. And they're playing unbelievable. And Draymond's yeah. on his A game. It's, it's, pretty, it's pretty incredible. So... Yeah. Uh, it's hard to go against the Warriors and that championship experience, especially with, you know, the Raptors. Of, they're going to need to give Kawhi <laughs> some more help, I think, around Hawaii. Oh, yeah. um, you know, Lakers would be a great team to give you some help, Kawhi. Just throwing it out there. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I think uh, whichever team makes the finals in the East, it's going to be pretty tough, I think, for them to get past the Warriors with how they're playing. That being said, we haven't really seen the Warriors be challenged in terms of not having home court in the finals. So yeah. it's one of those things that's going to, 
championship and poise versus you know hunger and and that kind of you know you don't have that experience so you don't know any better so my official prediction is i think milwaukee will win the title but mm. it won't surprise me if golden state repeats not way to, way to join team milwaukee man There's i two. have to <laughs> no i think you guys are both off on that one i mean trust me <sighs> even without kevin durant the ball movement is just so much better for golden state and and they can play at a high level without Kevin Durant. Yeah, you know what that, I'm saying? That's so, what's oh, yeah. Yeah. That that's the one thing that's kind of like made me think twice about my prediction just because I, I was not expecting this switch to just flip as soon as KD went down. Like I definitely didn't think yeah. that. Yeah, but I thought they were gonna have some problems with Portland, but I mean they steamrolled over him. And like I said, Draymond's playing at a level yeah. where what he's putting up numbers that only Shaq and Duncan have really ever put up in the playoffs. So he's playing he is the X factor against either of these Eastern teams. Yeah. And the money and the contract and all that stuff. And, you know, it's interesting that Clay didn't make uh, NBA all team because now you have super max implications. So that probably uh, saves him in terms of maybe exploring outside of there. Cause you know, they don't have to pay him that extra 40 mil now. So they're probably going to lock him down right away. So there's free agent implications, I think to just seeing that news today. So yeah, there's so much to digest, man. I, you know, I can't wait for the finals to get started, but we have a great series going on right now between the Bucks and Raptors at the same time, and I'd love to see Kawhi go all the way, you know. So, and with, with with that being said, uh, who's more likely that you think that either Kevin Durant or Klay Thompson to leave Golden State? That's gotta be. Uh, I'm gonna go with what's reported in the media and mm. say Kevin Durant. Yeah. Um, I think he is somebody who's a misunderstood. Actually, I've got to know how kind of Kevin operates in his personal life around mm-hmm. basketball. Like he, like the stories that are out there about like him inviting people over and showing them Kobe Bryant highlights and mm-hmm. talking hoops. Like he loves to talk hoops. That's why I think people mistake his passion and love for hoops with sensitivity at times like he just wants to be out there and maybe not be a player and just talking hoops all the time and analyzing it but he has that passion for the game so i think a lot of people look at that as a weakness but i actually kind of admire that And the more stories that i've heard just personally he just he loves to just digest hoops and talk hoops so sometimes maybe it's time to like put the phone down and i can understand that criticism of him but i i really feel like there's something there that you know, he kind of fulfilled everything he wanted to fulfill with the, the yeah. MVPs and the scoring titles and mm-hmm. being the man and like almost getting that ring. And then he went to Golden State. He proved that he can play in a in an unselfish system. He completely changed his game to win rings. I mean, there's no question of his basketball capabilities, uh, both as a leader and as, as somebody who can join a you know a system and and still continue to win. The interesting thing is. If his basketball legacy is the most important thing to him, would going to somewhere like New York and resurrecting the Garden and bringing a title there put him as a like on Mount Olympus of the basketball gods? You know, and that's kind of where it's interesting to think about what he wants to do. There's a lot of New York rumors out there. I know the Clippers and Lakers rumors pop up, but I mean, he he sold his house in Malibu, which kind of says something. Wow. And then also, I think like when you just look at what he wants to do as as a basketball player. He's a guy that likes to kind of say f you and and yeah, prove yeah. everybody wrong. And I think yeah. when he get when he gets fired up, that's when he plays his best, right? So okay. I, I don't know. I I feel like KD is gone, and I feel like if you're the Warriors, you have to keep Draymond at this point. You have to keep Clay. Clay not getting the super max, I think, makes it an easier kind of road for them to do that now. Uh, and you know Draymond's going to ask for I, I assume the max when when yeah. his time comes up. Um, of so it, it, there. And they're going to be making, what, four times the amount of money in the new stadium up here. So, the, you know, money's not going to be a shortage in Golden State for sure. But no. I, I think Kevin Durant just boils down to what he wants his basketball legacy to be. Right. He can stay in Golden State and maybe rack up five, six, seven championships. It's possible. Yeah. Or does he say F you to the basketball world and go to Madison Square Garden, put on that Knicks uniform and be like, I'm going to resurrect basketball in the place where no one else could do it. And I'm That's gonna what I want to see. I want to. I want to see it too. Yeah, you know, I, I do not. It'd be awesome. I oh. think it'd be awesome. I, I want wanna, him out of Golden State. Yeah, get him out of there. Golden State. Golden State's run is scaring me, guys. Like, are you? Real. Are you guys watching them right now without him? Right. You guys they don't, they don't need Golden him. State yeah. without him. Right. They don't need that's him. that's my point. Like, you know, I'd love I'd love to see, and you know, it's going to be interesting. The narratives, and sometimes unfairly, it's it's like funny to hear the narrative of like, is Golden State better without KD? It's such a like laughable thing to me, but yeah. at the same time, you watch them play right now, and you're like, 
man, they they just they play at such an elite high all time level. You know, it's it's crazy. So it's going to be interesting to see what KD does. But I think he's much more likely to leave. I think you have to throw the max at Clay, and the only reason that Clay doesn't stay is if he declines the max, which I don't see happening. Yeah. No, and I think he went on record pretty much saying that if or his people did pretty much saying what that uh if he gets any any offer lower than that max, he's probably going to end up walking. Right. Yeah, yeah, totally. I'm really hoping they short him like 15 cents or something. <laughs> they, 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 definitely, they definitely can. He's the, I mean, he is arguably the most important player on both ends for that team. Yeah. I mean, he, he bills out Steph. He bills out the whole team quite a bit offensively. And then defensively, you can switch him. You can put him on a big for a possession. He can hold his own. Like, he can do it all on both ends. And I, I don't think he gets the credit. And he was pretty peeved about not being all team today. I don't know if you yes. saw the video, but he was rolling yes. his ass. Oh, yeah. I think that but, says a lot, man. So, you know, maybe he does want his challenge of going to his own team and maybe getting that credit, you know, somewhere like, I don't yeah. know, Los Angeles. Oh, a great I, place for him to whoo. join. Man, it'd be crazy. But I oh. think he's ultimately going to stay a Golden State Warrior. Not for sure, yeah. I mean, real quick, just kind of getting off topic a little bit, just because I have you on here. So yeah. with the news that the All-NBA teams came out here and uh, came out and LeBron made the third team, right? Um, where's his rating going to be at next season, man? Are we, are we going to see LeBron at a 93? Oh man, I don't. I don't think you can. I mean, you look at his numbers for for old man LeBron, like the media likes to portray him as. I mean, his numbers were as great as they were last year. So, I think uh, you know, for me, I, I don't have an influence in ratings. Or Kobe would always been a ninety nine. That's yeah. the facts. Um, but I think our ratings guy is going to look at, at everything, and and ratings are always an interesting thing because there's so much that goes into it. Like you know, so defensively and offensively that sometimes plays a factor so we know lebron kind of has it on cruise control the last couple of years during the regular season so do you take that into account or do you look at like his last playoff run where he was absolutely incredible even on a defensive end there's a lot of things you have to toss up i'm glad i don't do the ratings because it would <laughs> drive me crazy to be honest but yeah uh no I, I i don't think he should should drop too far from where he's at if he drops at all you know, he's, um, he's had, he had a pretty incredible season, but you have to take in like how many games he played. Yeah. Didn't, didn't play in the playoffs to really showcase his true prowess, but yeah. I'm more excited about a healthy LeBron coming into a Lakers season with right. what, what the Lakers could look like, which could be very different than how we're yeah. per, like seeing them, the roster yeah. as it is today, you know, so oh, it's lots of possibilities mm -hmm. for sure. And uh, I mean, one of the possibilities that we don't have to wonder about anymore is uh, the head coach. We finally got a head coach. Uh, the Lakers introduced Frank Vogel on Monday at the uh, Lakers training facility, in El Segundo. Um, but I, did you guys happen to catch that uh, that press conference at all? Oh, yeah. I have I have it streaming. Every, all any <laughs> Laker news, I got like my ESPN, you know, radio streaming in my headset all day. Like I'm on top of it because there's too much Warriors talk up here. You know, it's it's yeah. not the same as LA. <laughs> I miss LA in that regard, so I always have LA radio. But yeah, the, the press conference was, was I loved everything Vogel said. It was unfortunate that. The way that the Lakers handled it, I think it was more geared towards Palinka and the Magic Show. But, you know, what Vogel said and what Vogel is saying and how he's perceiving uh, how to coach this team, I'm he's saying everything right. And it's yeah, actually yeah. – I like that we don't have a high-profile guy with drama around him coming in and, like, trying to change the culture. I like everything he's saying. Hearing the word analytics yeah, in the organization was, was like – that was a breath of fresh air. Yeah. Half time someone says that. Yeah, I was man. like, dude, I, I was like, I didn't know he knew Chinese. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. But I, so seeing Vogel up there, you know, for the first time as a Lakers head coach, what was your guys? Well, I, I know Chris, you already touched a little bit on on your impression of, of Vogel, but prior to this, uh, what was what was your impression of him prior to joining the Lakers? I mean, did this did this press conference sway you at all from where you where you guys were originally at? Well, he, he was a great coach when he was in Indiana. So he led Indiana to, what, uh, four or five game sixes against Miami with LeBron there. Um, even a game seven against Miami with LeBron there. And he had him in the top five in defense, efficiency rating. Um, so he was a great coach there. And then when he went to Orlando, it was kind of a, an unfortunate situation he went into. Um, they let him go out. I think it was one or two years that he was there. And then he was just kind of trash. But yeah. if you go to his Indiana days, I mean, he was a great coach. So I'm, I'm, I'm happy with the decision. Well, as long as we don't have Roy Hibbert pounding the paint, oh, yeah. <laughs> I think we'll be good. But I mean, yeah. honestly, for me, I, I, I just the one thing that I really liked about Frank up there, uh, and honestly, I, I mean, I, I enjoy the Pacers teams. I love the yeah. one thing that I point to when I talk about Paul George uh, is those series. Those series, he 
took it to LeBron. Yep. I mean, I think there was a couple of emphatic dunks over LeBron, right, in, in those series. Yep. But they they gave them all they could. And obviously, you know, they, they gave them what they could, but they couldn't overcome that mountain. But uh, to me, the main thing that I really liked about Vogel was the fact that he actually went up there and he he was uh, – one, he was uh, organized and he was completely clear in the message he was yeah. trying to convey to to the fans. Uh, yep. You know, that, that's the one thing that really surprised uh, surprised because I didn't really heard him talk too much in the media prior to this. But when I heard him, I was like, OK, cool. I can definitely get behind this guy. Uh, one of the things he actually said that I thought uh, kind of uh, emphasized my point was the fact that he said, uh, we need to build togetherness with our organization. I just don't mean with the 15 guys Pop or down. 17 guys mm-hmm. yep, that are going to be in uniform or in the locker room. I'm talking about organizational togetherness, starting with ownership to the front office, to the coaching staff, the players, the trainers. The business side, we're all going to pull in the same direction. Who is this guy, man? This guy, yeah. dude, some cojones on him, right? Yes. It was great. And then 20 questions got directed to Rob Polinka. So it's yeah. unfortunate that, you know, everything kind of time frame wise, it was kind of a weird day. But I think the uh, the, the best thing about that day was, uh, you know, hearing his philosophy on coaching, hearing his philosophy on, you know, the young core, and then how he's going to coach LeBron. And I'm glad you brought up the point about the 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 Heat and the Pacer rivalry because honestly, nobody could get through LeBron in the East. And when you look back at mm. how much they contended with those Heat teams, they really did challenge those Heat teams in the East. I mean, it stood out year after year how how well he coached against LeBron. So you can't really hold that against him. Yeah, I mean, you're talking about a super team lining up against what David West, George Hill, Paul George, and Roy Hibbert. And the shooting guard, I can't remember who the hell the shooting guard was at the time, but yeah, man, I mean, those teams gave them everything they could, but I mean, it's not, it wasn't, it wasn't a surprising outcome for sure. But what another, speaking of another thing that actually wasn't a surprise was the, the, um, was Magic Johnson just kind of jumping on first take that same morning and about an hour before that presser. Right. Um, I don't know how you guys felt about it, but Magic, obviously, for those of you guys who were sleeping under a rock for some reason, um, you know, right before the Lakers went on to introduce Frank Vogel, Magic Johnson went on first take with Stephen A. Smith and Max Kellerman to speak his truth about the Lakers situation. I got a question for you guys, though. Are you guys buying what Magic was selling? No. No, me neither, dude. You know what? I was I was 50-50. Um, I kind of believed him a little bit about the backstabbing and all that and then going directly to Rob. Um but then at the same time, when Rob came out after that, I was like, whoa, you know what? Maybe he's lying. I don't think he was lying, but I don't really care if that was the case, man, because that's the case everywhere, man. I, uh, right. It's really – it's alarming to me when I'm sitting here agreeing with Jason Whitlock because uh, I don't know if <laughs> right. you guys had a chance to, to check out Jason. But Jason Whitlock went in on Magic. It was pretty much telling him, like, hey, man, welcome to the real world. You know, People are, yeah. people are always angling towards your jobs. People always yeah. want what they can't have or what, you know, just unfortunately Magic was sitting in that position that a lot of people, you know, are, are aiming for, you know, and I don't feel bad for that. Yeah, yeah. I, I look at it. I think the really damning thing for Magic was they kind of pulled the receipts out. And when he first was on, I believe, Spectrum with Genie Bus when he first got hired, yeah. he was like, you know, I'm putting all my businesses to the side. And then he's now saying, well... I actually was doing my businesses and Jeannie said it was okay to also do the yeah. Laker thing. Now here's the thing. Magic's magic. You're not going to win a PR war, uh, mm-hmm. you know, ever. And, and, and listen, at the end of the day, what magic's done for the Lakers, the city of Los Angeles, it doesn't matter if he makes the biggest mistakes or walks out on the Lakers. And we all hate that aspect of it. He's still magic Johnson. We still know that he pleads purple and gold. And I think like, ultimately this will get resolved over time. But I think more telling is like, the organization has kind of gone this quiet route. If they pull these superstars in this summer and they win, none of this matters, right? I mean, that's the only thing that matters. So I, I'm, I'm kind of in the optimistic side of everything. I don't think it's a good look, especially before free agents. And more importantly, yeah. Magic's a person that's always understood the PR ramifications of very heavy subjects, yeah. you know? And, and it's like, you just would have thought that he would have been smarter to do that if he does care about the Lakers, then to go off and start bashing them and calling them backstabbers and saying, Jeannie's my sister, but I'm going to trash your whole organization. Yeah. And then, and exactly. then, yeah, I'll be in free agent pitches to get yeah, you guys yeah. to the team that, oh, by the way, they'll backstab you. Like, it's just a little, it's odd, yeah, right? So it, it wasn't sure. a good look in my opinion, but at the end of the day, like a lot of fans have like turned on magic. Yeah. 
it, it is what it is. I think if Magic was a little bit of an issue, he's gone now. So I think that's just one step further to going forward. Um, I still love Magic. I was watching the 30 for 30 Lakers Celtics last night. I was getting teary-eyed watching that skyhook, you know, on uh, the 86-87 runs were just amazing. So it's like, you know, I, I'm kind of over it at this point as a Lakers fan. I think, yeah. you know, it, it was definitely weird and uh, – you know, as a Lakers fan, it was kind of eye-opening. But at the same time, it will really be revealing if the Lakers don't sign a free agent and they strike out this summer. Because yeah. a lot of the moves they did last year, like Magic and Rob, for as much heat as they take, they cleared the cap space. They got rid of Mozgov and Dang. They brought in young talent. They drafted well later in rounds. They did some really great things that put us in a position today that even with right. all this drama, we got the best player on the planet, arguably. And we also have all this cap space, the number four pick, which is luck, but we got that too. Mm-hmm. Young trade assets, if you want to go that route, or we could bring in another young asset and keep building for the future. So we have flexible options, and we mm-hmm. didn't have that two years ago when Kupchak and uh, was kind of still in control and, and you know, Jim Buss and all that stuff. So we've done some really great things. They've done some really great things. I think we need to credit them for. Um, and, and I know everybody goes back to, well, yeah, well, okay, Chris, what about last year on all those one-year deals? All those one-year deals were all deals that were circled for this, Ju- you know, this July. Yeah, this was all exactly. this July. So exactly. they're still within the plan. So, you know, the Lakers have to come through and get these players around LeBron and hopefully – make a deal that's a blockbuster. Um, I still think they should pursue Anthony Davis, but if they don't, like, I hope they have a backup plan, you know? So there's so many things that they can do, and that's the nice thing. We are in a flexible situation. So I I do think fans are a little bit tough on the organization and definitely on Magic, but at the same time, it's just not a good look. Like, I understand both sides of the story, but he's Magic Johnson. He's L.A. He's the Lakers. You know, I'm like, I'm glad we're moved on from the situation now. Uh, it's just a weird look to 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 go on national TV and kind of to go off that you know in that direction and kind of make that choice. I, I think the the worst part, the most the part that kind of bothers me the most is the fact that Magic actually had dinners with Genie Bus and the organization. Right. They approached him and they said, "Is there anything we should know about you going on first take or what you're gonna say?" Yeah. And, he, and he just smiled at them and said, "No, no, nothing." And then he goes on first take and just blasts the organization. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, that that bothers me. Why can't if you have an issue or a problem with one of them? Speak up, you know. You got to have accountability and responsibility for your actions. And I, I, I don't like that. I have an idea. Smart. Yeah. I have an idea. He should have probably taken this to the president of basketball, basketball operations. <laughs> he could have probably done something about this, man. Yeah. Well, right? I, I, I feel like, you know, within any organization, you're going to have drama, especially when organizations are losing, right? We see coaches get fired all the time, unfairly, unjustly, in my opinion. But, was, like, that's kind of what the, the business is, you know. Yeah. So it, it – it was just disappointing, like as a fan, you yeah, know, it was just the whole situation is yeah, just disappointing. It's not like I'm mad. It's not like I'm upset. It's just disappointing. It's like you thought Magic would have the PR know with all to maybe be a does. little smarter, than that, you know, and that's what I'm saying. He does. I, so I would counter weird. that, dude, because like you said, he's got the PR. He, he's got he's, he's got that PR savvy, right? One thing that I don't know if you got a chance to listen to Kendrick uh, Perkins on the uh, on the uh, on Joy Taylor's podcast a couple days ago. But he – one of the things that he mentioned was that Magic went out there to protect his brand. And that's – that hit so hard with me when he said that because that's the main thing that Magic – Magic is a savvy businessman. And yeah. he's walking away from the Lakers, and the one thing he's going to do is he's going to protect his brand. So to me, him coming out here and saying this stuff, just re- – I've never – I've never ever seen Magic so insecure. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it just reeked of a guy who just was not getting his way, you know. And I'm not yeah. saying that Magic was completely to blame in all this stuff because the Lakers for sure had like their – their uh their fair share of blame to go right go around but you know this whole facade that he was presenting was to me was just laughable dude and and you touched on a couple of points with uh you know the fact that you know he says Ginny's a sister he loves the lakers and all stuff but he knew how much damage this was going to do and i don't think it was there's definitely no coincidence that he happened to plan this literally right before that press conference no way i'm not buying that at (laughs) all he says he he said what Rob wanted uh, Rob wanted his job Jesse and Joy wanted more power uh, right. Tim Harris wanted more influence right that sounds about right that's that's what it is right I mean I, I don't know and then what, what he said the, uh, the the straw that broke the camel's back was him wanting to fire Luke and being overruled right, right. Um, but through the fact that he wasn't able to fire Luke 
he just literally threw a fit and said, all right, I'm not having fun. So I'm out of here, which is just pretty much code for I didn't get my way, right? Because yeah. he thought he was going to have more influence than whatever he he, he thought he uh, he was going to have. But you know, I, I love Magic, and but I just I've never ever seen the side of him. Like it kind of humanized him to me in a way, but I, not in a good way. Yeah, well, you know, if, if 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 can you imagine going into the office and he's trying to fire Luke, and all of a sudden you got Tim Harris sitting across from him and Linda Rambis. You're like, hey, I'm the president of basketball operations. I'm gonna make this decision, and you got Tim Harris and Linda Rambis overpowering you. I mean, well, but let's uh, put it th- let's put it this way though, Adele. Let's say you know, we're, let's 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 get an example in here. So let's say you know we're on Showtime Forum. Let's say I'm in and out. I I show up two three times a month, you know, and I pop in. I say, hey, let's do this, let's do that. Uh, and then you obviously you handle Twitter, right? So right. and then all of a sudden I'm jumping in and I'm like, hey man, so this is what we're gonna do with Twitter and blah 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 and this and that. How seriously can you take me if you know that I'm not around? You know, but, but you're the man, right? I you am the man. You're the guy in charge. But so what? But I want your job. Yeah, but it's kind of like to say Greg, Greg Bergman. He's the guy, right? If he comes in I and says this is how this job. is how it's gonna be, we gotta go how it's gonna be. I can't wait to host the Showtime Forum, dude. Host game. <laughs> I can't wait. There could also be the the opposite effect of that. Like in a workplace, I'm sure a lot of people can relate to this. Where sometimes there is just too many cooks in the kitchen. Right. Right. And sometimes you try to have this common goal, but you can't really get there when everybody's kind of arguing and not having a decision made, you know, and sometimes that's a lack of leadership or it's just flawed leadership, you know, so we don't really know exactly what it is. But, you know, there's one thing that will cure all of this, and that's they they sign a Kawhi Leonard or get an Anthony Davis here. Guess what? No one this cares. It's all an this afterthought. All, it's all an afterthought. Nobody. So ca- that's why, like, all these Laker fans are like really steamed to Magic and really mad at the organization. Like, it, Vogel was taking so much heat, and I'm like, I was actually in the camp of, I, 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 is Tyron Lue really that much better of a coach than Frank Vogel? Yeah. yeah. I mean, you can make some arguments for it, but like, is it really true? So I, I don't know. I just think angry, angry Laker fans are angry right now, and we have to like put things in perspective. Like, we won a title nine years ago which sounds like a long time for Lakers fans, but we also, you know, we're going through this rebuild phase and I'm not saying they're doing everything right. And like, we've been on this great track, but lots of franchises have never touched on greatness. So I guess for people like me who got to live through the, you know, so many championships and the whole entire Kobe run and having just this recent memory, like when, when my memories of the Lakers are at best, that's like what drives me in my life. You know, that passion for the Lakers, that passion for sports. Yeah. Some of these fans just need to like calm down a little bit. Let, let's let's get let's get through July first, and you know it's gonna go both ways. Either we're gonna be celebrating and 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 complete you know just happiness, or it's gonna be a really tough scene if we don't land anybody. Then we can start to criticize, and you know then then I think the Lakers are in a very awful position. But I don't think it's gonna get to that. We have so many yeah. flexible options, and that's people need to put things in perspective. I think just a little bit because there's a lot of angry fans out there. Yeah, for sure. Doing. But, you know, through all of this, there is a silver lining you could kind of take away from this entire, like, I mean, I, I feel like ordeal isn't the right word. I feel it's kind of underselling it. But uh, through this entire thing, I mean, the silver lining is that the front office through all of this has been pretty tight. They've been yeah, pretty yeah. low key. They've been pretty tight lipped. Uh, I would honestly say they've probably been as unified as they've been in a while. Uh, even with going back to Magic, I mean, there uh, you haven't heard a peep really from the front office. You've heard like the media, you've heard the fans for sure, 100%. But through all of it, you know, everybody's saying we want it, we want to hear what's going on. You don't really need to because I mean, if I own the Lakers, I don't really care what you think. I mean, I'm gonna do what I think is best. And if I can't, it's like Magic said. He, Magic said he wanted to fire Luke because he wanted to go out with his guy, right? So it's kind of the same thing with the Lakers at this point. If they're gonna go out, Jeannie's gonna go out. The way she wants to go out. Why is she going to go out literally just kind of swaying with public opinion? Because yeah. public opinion in L.A. changes by the hour. Yeah, yeah but I, I disagree with that one because Jeannie Buss was at the press conference sitting upstairs. She could have at least been down there having some support. Uh, her brother was down there. The brothers were there. Um, I don't know who else was there, but LeBron James was there, and that, that that's a lot. So I think Jeannie Buss, she's the, the owner right now, and she should be the one that's speaking. Um, to kind of calm these fans down a little bit, because we have no sense of leadership. Vogel was the first guy to talk, and then Rob. And Rob was kind of beating around the bush on these questions. Yeah, he was answering them, but I feel like he wasn't um, kind of giving that sense of of um, calmness for us or any of the Laker fans. We want to hear from Jeannie. 
I mean, I thought Rob was great. I mean, if I if I can actually quote uh, one of my favorite Bible verses real quick, huh. um, I can go ahead and touch on. I thought Rob was great. I mean, Rob said what he had to say, man. He knew. That's the thing with Rob is like people say whatever we want to say. He's a snake, whatever, whatever that stuff, right? And remember, I touched on this and I said maybe we need a little bit of that, like sleaziness in the backgrounds, you know? I mean, business sometimes can be like that, right? It's uh, also uh, there is one other thing about Rob that's funny to me. All these fans, like you ask any Laker fan today, and he wouldn't do this, by the way. I've said this on Twitter. Kobe has no intention of getting back involved in the Laker yeah. basketball, right? He'll recruit, but he yeah. like I, I've worked with Kobe before, and just knowing what he's doing now, what he's accomplishing now. There's like probably zero percent chance he comes and works in a in a in a capacity for the Lakers in yeah. that kind of way, full time Laker job. That being said, if you ask a fan, would you want Kobe to get involved? I guarantee you, like ninety nine percent of them are like, yeah, we want Kobe to run the show, right? But then they're like, we hate Rob. Well, why do you hate Rob? Well, we don't know. We don't know. We hate Rob because Magic's left and he called him a mistake, right? And because we're saying, told to hate I, Rob. I'm saying, don't don't you trust a little bit that like. Kobe's boy was robbed for his whole career. And don't you trust mm-hmm. a little bit that like we're going into the plan and what they said and what they promised was this July 1st was always the circled plan. This is plan ABC. Mm-hmm. Have a little faith. And, you know, we, we see stories right now. Kobe's talking to Kyrie. So, you know, Polinka's in Kobe's ear and vice versa. Mm-hmm. There's some stuff in play. I think that's going to be good for us. I, I, I just think it's kind of funny like, people lose faith in that. I, I find it funny that people are like, yeah, we love Kobe, but nah, not Rob Polinka. Mm. And I understand. He, he has he has to prove yeah. himself as a general manager. But I'm just yeah. saying, like, it's not all turmoil and as bad as people are making it out to be right now. Like, we're one of the, what, four or five teams that have two max slots or uh, near two max slots, yeah. you know, to, to sign people. We have the flexibility. And, again, that's important to have. So I get it. People – the perception is people don't like Rob Polinka. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, like – he, I don't see the resentment that makes sense for me. Yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, yet. if you trust, like you said, if you trust <laughs> you know. Kobe, and he was able to have a magnificent career with Trump's Rob Lincoln, right. right? I mean, why can't we? Why can't we? Yeah. Why can't we? I just, I don't get it. it I mean, so I get you it. Don't, you I don't, don't buy that. You don't buy that. GMs and executives don't like Rob. Oh, oh sure, I'm, I'm sure they do. Yeah, I'm sure that's true. That yeah. perception is out there, so we're kind of. Remember what I said, and you guys laughed at me. Remember, Adele? I said. Well, what does it matter? If there's a deal to be made, they're going to make the deal. Exactly. And you guys all laughed at me when I said that. And I said, if there's a deal on the table, it doesn't matter if you like Rob. You're going to make that deal. Well, at that you point, know? they were hanging up on him. So? Call back. They want yeah. to speak magic. They don't even want to speak to Rob. And, you know, you could you could probably blame the NFL refs. <laughs> and I'm sure the Rams and Saints game didn't help uh. our cause of getting Anthony Davis as, as, as petty as that is. But here's the thing. You know what looks nice to a team? Probably not Rob Polinka, but Rob Polinka plus a fourth pick plus young assets looks pretty damn nice. So, you know, him, yes. I, I think you can you can get to a point where I agree with you. You get the deal done. It doesn't matter. I mean, the Lakers and Celtics have made a deal in the past before. True. Right. So if that can happen, you know, anything can happen in the NBA. You know, nothing would surprise me. But, yeah, I mean, even if people don't like him, they still have an opportunity at the young assets we have. We have a number four pick. I guarantee you teams have called about that number four pick already guaranteed so it doesn't matter if you like him or don't like him it's what you're going to do that's best for your team and i think ultimately it boils down to that and yeah maybe there is some pettiness from the new orleans side and you know i i I have this debate all the time should they trade anthony davis now like would you want to keep maybe that toxicity or perceived toxicity that davis has you know you put him in a room with zion presumably they draft zion Mm -hmm. you put him in a room with zion hey what's it like in new orleans well i want out and they tried to build around me for seven years is that going to be the best kind of thing to put around zion you know like so they have a decision to make i've been saying this if i was the pelicans i know i'm going off on a little tangent if i was the pelicans i would make a deal with new york get the third pick pick up rj barrett and put barrett zion as my future now that would be like unquestionably what i would do right now but you know do they do they value some of the knicks assets Reports are no, but you know who Griffin does like? Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Ball. It's on record now before he was a GM there, and now we're mm-hmm. seeing these stories as he's the GM there. Just throwing them out there. Like anything mm-hmm. can happen in the NBA. So it's 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 very interesting. And once you have players that have value and you have that four pick, I mean that four pick was God sent, obviously. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, for I would sure. I would have loved if we got the number one pick. Oh yeah. I, I was oh, definitely not bummed about the number four pick. Even the top saw, three. Oh man, it was it was amazing. So well, when we got in the top five, I wasn't really you know all that 
into it until we got in that top, as soon as we got in the top five, I was like front and center, staring at the screen like, oh my, is this about to happen? Now, is this like a nine percent chance, right, to get into the top five or top four lottery? I think it was a nine percent chance. So to get into the top. Top four, four, I think it was like 2.8, no? No, it's 2.8 for one, two, and three, and altogether it was like 9.4. 9 yeah, 9.4, then it was, yeah, it was like an 88% chance that we got the 11th pick. So it, just yeah. to, to, to even bypass 11, when I didn't see the Laker logo at 11, I was freaking out at home. I was like, man, it, <laughs> knew it, we felt, like, it felt like a recent championship for our team after everything that's gone on. I was like, this feels like a title right now. Number four, <laughs> let's go. We oh, needed that. Man, how we have fallen. How we I have know, fallen in last <laughs> We're sitting here watching the lottery, just moving away, right? <laughs> it's just different now, you know, because that's going to be packaged up. I think ultimately, oh, yeah. ultimately, I do think they're going to package that up for for something. I, I don't think they're yeah. going to keep the pick, but I, yeah. again, we have the 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 avenues of building towards the future, keeping the team currently as it is, or making a you know a package deal. So having that flexibility plus the cap space is really exciting because anything can happen on draft night. Just for fun, just for fun, if we kept that number four pick, um, who's the guy you're picking at number four? I just want to know because I'm a huge Garland fan. You know, so it's tough because I, I say Garland, but I have a feeling the Knicks are going to mess this up oh. and R.J. Barrett's going to be available. So That I, would be insane. I just have that feeling. Um, yeah, I mean, I to be honest, uh, as much basketball as I consume, uh, truthfully, like I don't watch that much college sports because players are in and out all the time. So yeah. when I when there is like a Zion or uh, like a team yeah. that's really great, I love just watching, and I, right. I'm not like connected to any team. So for me, you know, just based on what I've seen from Garland, he can shoot and he can defend, and he, and he he's very versatile. So he's kind of the guy I'm eyeing. Um, I know that's like a cliche answer, but. I know R.J. Barrett shot, what, like 30% from the field yeah. um, from three. I know a lot of people are kind of turned off by his shooting, but, man, that is a that is a playmaker. But do we really need a playmaker right now? No, do we really yeah. need a playmaker that that young? That young, right? I, I still say I would – Package I would, that. You know, Lonzo is the guy I'm riding with, you know, unless we have to give him up in a in a trade for Anthony Davis or something like that. AD is the only guy I'm trading Lonzo for, by the way. I'm not trading any of these kids for anything else. If there's Beal. anything else. I, I don't think the, the contract's worth it. And I yeah. think you have to explore Beal if you strike out in free agency. Okay. Which also means that that fourth pick, whoever we pick, you know, they would have to be interested in it as well. So I think there's a little bit of a risk for going after Beal. I don't think it makes sense to go after him right now. Um, and if we go after him right now because he's not eligible for the Supermax, that means we can lose him in a year. So there's a lot of weird implications, yeah, again, yeah. from that all-NBA team thing if you start thinking about, like, cap and, and the money owed and the flexibility and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think Beal would be amazing uh, besides Le, beside LeBron, uh, and he would help this team immediately. I kind of see him as, like, a as a RCJ R. McCollum type player. But, uh, you know, I don't know if he's worth going after – uh, with what we could potentially have now, if we strike out and everything, I think Beal's a great, a great piece to go after. That's fair. And it'll, it'll be interesting to see what the Wizards do with him. And, well, and you know. yeah, because especially if you have RJ Barrett at number four, and you are the Washington Wizards, do you turn down the Lakers? Do they say, hey, we'll, uh, we'll take Bradley Beal off your hands for this last year for this number four pick? Because I mean, if I'm the Washington Wizards, I'm probably saying, hey, RJ Barrett might look pretty nice next to John Wall, right? That's the mature thing. Yeah, that's the thing. It depends on what New York does. So I think like there, it's not all like in our hands, obviously. But there's a lot of weird things that could happen. I, I just have a feeling the Knicks are gonna mess this up again, and <laughs> they're gonna get camera. I, I have that feeling. I feel so bad for Knicks fans, man. Like I, I so feel. Weird. I've been to a game at the Garden. When you've walked into the Garden, it's like you, you feel like that magic. It's like that. Like you just feel that energy that's just different, right? Yeah. And it's hard to explain. Yeah. So like, I want to root for the Knicks, but it's like, <laughs> come yeah. on, man. You know, I want to like see the the Garden get back and boom in. Same with Chicago. Same with the Lakers. You know, I want all the big. Look how good the NBA is doing with with what they are uh, what they're building on. And then look at the three main top, you know, biggest markets: the Bulls, the Lakers, and the Knicks are just at the bottom right now. Imagine if those three teams were booming. That's why it was kind of exciting to see if, you know, Zion was going to be a Nick or whatnot. You know, it is what it is. But I hope I hope they do something. Um, you know, maybe they go after Anthony Davis. Who knows? Who knows what happens with the Knicks? But it could open up R.J. Barrett at the four. And like you said, that could open up a lot of possibilities of, of phones calling, 
you know, uh, phones ringing for the Lakers of, of teams that are interested in that pick specifically. So it's yeah. it's going to be really interesting come, yeah. come draft night. Well, because spe- speculation is one thing, but when you, when it's in front, when it's presented in front of you, it's a completely different ballgame. When you got that number four pick sitting there, and you get a call from the Lakers and like, hey, you got R.J. Barrett sitting here. We'll give you this pick. Ship off Bradley Beal. I mean, John Wall is out pretty much for the season, I believe, right? He with that injury that he had, or at least it's gonna so. take a while for him to get back, at least, right? So, I mean, at this point, they can kind of pretty much say that this next season is shot. So, I mean, I as the Wizards, I would probably roll the dice. I mean, most likely you're gonna lose Bradley Beal unless you have some kind of different something in the back channels that you've been working on with him. But I, I don't know, man. It's just it's it's a tough scenario to turn down if you're the wizards just like if you're you know i know all these narratives with free agents and whatnot but let's say the lakers go in and and say hey kobe we need you to step in and you know uh pitch in on this meeting with Kawhi. if i'm Kawhi leonard and i'm sitting here across the table from kobe bryant and lebron james you got eight chips between them right and Kawhi obviously has had his chips and whatever but it's kind of hard to disregard obviously what's out in the media but at the same time it's kind of hard to disregard the success that's right in front of you, right? And these guys are like, we've been successful for 20-some-odd years, 15-plus years. We know what we're doing. You need to go here, right? And I think that Monty piece today where he was kind of like praising Genie a little bit helped a ton. I don't know where that came from. Yeah. I don't really care. But I think to me that that speaks volumes, I think, to a person like Kawhi who to me seems like a really simple guy. You know, He knows what he wants. He doesn't really want more than he needs. He just – you know, he kind of goes about his life, you know, and, you know, it, it is what it is. He is what he is, and he's going to roll around in his 97 Tahoe. And, yeah. You know. <laughs> That's why I don't think that would be any kind of impression for him. Like, it wouldn't be impressive to him to see Kobe and LeBron across from him. Like you say, he drives his 1997 Tahoe still. You know, yeah, Toronto. I, actually, hold on. I don't mean to cut you off, but I heard he actually rolls around the 97 Tahoe while he's on his uh, T-Mobile sidekick. Oh man, I, I, I need I need that back. I need that phone. Back. <laughs> Rumors, old school. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, if if he's in the '97 Tahoe and nothing's impressing him, I mean, in Toronto they're offering him a, a, a skyloft out there and and free food forever for life, and he he doesn't care about any of that. He just wants to be himself near Riverside and kind of just chills. That's why I think the Clippers are the most uh, the option that's kind of like he's leaning towards. Um, they're in the driver's seat, in my opinion. Here's what I keep telling people about Kawhi. What has changed? Here's the thing. The Spurs came out and said specifically, we don't want to trim to the Lakers. So that confirms that he wanted to be a Laker. Okay. So like let's take let's take some of the the uh you know the the speculation out of it. Mm-hmm. What has changed from that point in time to now? And even theoretically, if they went on and won the finals and won a ring, what has changed from that point to this point where Kawhi all of a sudden doesn't want to be a Laker. And and that's the thing that nobody can answer because to me, it's like he wants to come home, you know, and and, and that's it. And I, yes, the Clippers are in the running. Sure. I mean, Jerry West, I, I'd never bet against Jerry West. I'm really bummed. The Lakers didn't reach out to him. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, LeBron went over to Philadelphia and met with him for a reason. You know, I think there's a reason LeBron's talking to players as reported today Jimmy Butler and Kawhi specifically, and I think there's a reason that Kobe is talking to Kyrie specifically, mending relationships. You know, Kobe knows something about a tumultuous relationship, but mm-hmm. winning rings. Um, it, it's interesting to me. You know, I I don't think the Clippers are in such a front runner spot as the media is making them out to be. Mm-hmm. I also don't think that it's not like a big, unlikely possibility they sign there. I I think it's just it's Clippers or Lakers to me. Like, it's pretty clear. You don't offer up a man the entire city unless you're feeling kind of a which way about him. And I think, like, they kind of know Kawhi's heading out after this season, and they're wow. doing everything they can. I mean, think yeah. about how much they're offering Toronto. He's going to have a free, like, life living in Canada. Yeah. And remember, a man that wants to come back to California, to his home, grew up in Riverside, played in S- you know San Diego – Obviously wants to play for the Lakers. That's that's noted because the, the Spurs came out and said specifically we're not trading with the Lakers. If you think about all that, the dude's playing in Canada. I mean, he's playing in a different country. I yeah. think the chances of him coming back home are pretty strong at this point. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. I've 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 had that feeling the entire time. I just like everybody's oh, hey, Clippers, all this stuff. Yeah, but you know when money exchanges hands or when there's like favors being thrown around in the background, you know. The the media narrative can change rather quickly, you know, especially when you're offered, you know, 
sources and inside information and whatnot. I mean, it's easy for somebody who I'm not going to say Brian Windhorst, but I'm just going to use him as an example. Like, you know, it's easy for someone like that who obviously they have their own agendas because they're trying to build their own platforms, their own whatever they got going on. It's easy for that to sway, you know, but as Laker fans, we're just, I I don't know how else to put it other than we're just easily swayed. Yeah, big time. So easily swayed. Yeah. And there's a lot of media reports too that are just simply not true that come out. And you see that with the Warriors, you see that with the Lakers. They like to topple these teams. Why? Because of ratings. You know, and I'm not mm-hmm. saying that I'm not saying fake news and all that crap, but like there are reports that it could just be as simple like, oh, I heard this, mm-hmm. an agent says this, I I have the best interest of this player, then all of a sudden it gets twisted into this like yep. very nonsensical, non-truthful story that ba- was based on a you know, it's like, look at the Chris Bassard and KD thing, right? Oh, I, I text KD. KD responds back, you don't have my number. And then Bassard's like, Instagram, Twitter DMs, right? Like, these are private messages, right? Like, just a little small thing of, hey, I, I text KD can be turned into this, like, big thing. Yeah. When well, in it's- reality, it's like, no, it was a DM over a text, right? That kind of stuff, I think, happens a lot, and especially with the Lakers. I, you know, ESPN loves to talk about LeBron. And you see that with the Warriors a lot. Everybody's trying to break up the Warriors in the media, which I love. But, it, you know, there is a lot of false stories that come out of that because people want to try to plant things to to create, I don't know, tension or, uh, you know. And Lakers obviously draw ratings in for everybody. So why not? Yeah. Well, a perfect example is that Jeannie Buss story where <laughs> supposedly people close to her were telling her to trade LeBron, right? And right. it turned out to be what? Spin some class. random person in her, in his, in her spin, spin class. That's right. That's what I'm saying. It's like, and, and people think of it through a basketball lens, but look at the optics of what they're doing in terms of bringing in revenue. It's Sable Center sold out every night. They're bringing, you know, LeBron's jersey is the number one selling jersey. LeBron's mm-hmm. been able to bring all these brand deals to the Lakers and to, to his own brand and, and building what he's doing in Los Angeles outside of basketball, it, which I don't mind, by the way, because when a person puts in the work that he does on the court, I don't really care if they're doing stuff off the court, like you will never see anybody questioning LeBron's work ethic ever, you know? So I don't care what he does off the court. I mean, you know, but you know know what I'm saying? Just generally though, you know, LeBron's a guy that's like working on his craft as Mm -hmm. well as all this extracurricular stuff, if you want to call it that. But um, yeah, I mean, you know, I think, I just think a lot of the stories just get twisted and get very dramatic quickly when it comes to, to the Lakers. And, and that goes on, just me having friends that work in the media and, and, and hearing things behind the scenes, you know, that I don't don't like share publicly, but you quickly find out how stuff gets completely just built on and, and takes a turn for the dramatic worse, you know, but that's the beauty of the NBA that the NBA brings, they bring you in, you know, and they make you forget that whole aspect where it's a business and ultimately they want eyes on their product and that's what it is, you know? So a lot of people just kind of get so wrapped up in it that they forget like, Oh yeah, that's right. They want my money. Right. Right, right. You know, but I mean, and and I know we're talking about, you know, narratives being twisted and whatnot but there was one narrative uh that i heard yesterday that could not be twisted at all uh and it kind of goes back to that kendrick perkins um uh interview uh with joy taylor on the maybe i'm crazy podcast right uh i'm gonna go ahead and just read this there was a specific quote that he was talking about Kyrie irving well one he was sitting there saying that uh you could tell that his teammates didn't like playing with him that's one thing right and that's not I guess surprising because there was a lot of rumblings about that during throughout the season, right? But there was one specific quote where he was like, you know, you, he was talking about, you know, Kyrie's, I guess his tenure in, in Boston. But he was saying, uh, you know, you go to Boston, you're now you're the number one option. You make all these promises. Oh, I'm going to sign back. I'm this. Uh, you're carrying yourself like you're Kobe Bryant, which you're not. And it shows. So you're not, a, wow. you're, you're not a number one option. You're not a Batman. You're good with another star. And he couldn't take the heat. And I thought, there's no way you could spin that. Dude, he nailed it like right on the head. And I, I'm i going to go on the record and just say I hated Kendrick, Kendrick Perkins as a player. I mean, all time, like one of my most hated players in any sport. Throw him in there with even with uh, what's-his-face, uh, Patrick Beverly. Dude, I can't stand that guy either. But, but I'll take him on our team. But I'm saying that's one thing you definitely cannot twist, right? Um, but – Knowing that and hearing some of the stuff he said where, you know, after they got eliminated, he was kind of just kind of shrugging it off like, oh, whatever. I'm just going to tune in and watch. Uh, I forget who was saying like Giannis or something in the playoffs. But knowing that, does that change how you prioritize Kyrie this offseason with the available free agents? It's a tough one. Again, it's like it's what's the first domino to fall? Are you calling Kyrie right away or are you calling Kawhi? 
I think Kyrie's going to take his time. I don't think Kyrie has a team set that he's like, July 1st, I'm signing. I'm announcing I'm signing with this team. I think he's going to take a meeting with the Nets. I think he's going to take a meeting with the Clippers, Lakers. Uh, I think he's going to look at the Knicks. Um, I just don't see Kyrie at this stage being like, I'm going to make a quick decision and go here, here. So to me, I, I, I think you definitely set up the meeting with him and you reach out. And I know LeBron has, and reportedly they've gotten through some stuff recently, and Kobe's talking to him. And I think you really just – you have to sell Kyrie on the idea of like, hey, you can take the pressure off being the primarily ball handle, primary ball handler and scorer. If you play alongside Lonzo, you get to just be a scorer. And you know yeah, what he can one. do when he saves that energy. And you know Kobe's in his ear saying, go play with a guy that can give you the ball in your hands. And you have yeah. LeBron. And we're going to go after AD. And, yeah. you know, we're going to go after Kawhi. I think he sits and waits and just kind of sees how the, the – you know, I don't think he's necessarily the first domino. So – you know, I know a lot of fans are against giving Kyrie the max, obviously, but again, I don't think you have to make that the first domino. Hopefully, I'm I'm right about that. You know, yeah. I hope it's not a thing of like, you know, he wants to come in and it's like max or nothing, or I'm not coming here. Yeah. Um, I think he's smart enough to know though for his own career, his own success, and how he performed in the playoffs this past season. I think he's a smart enough guy to know. I want to go put myself in a position to be the best player I can be, and when you start thinking about that, running alongside Lonzo alongside LeBron, do you get like a third superstar there this offseason? And you know the pursuit of AD is there? I mean, it's pretty compelling to kind of think of what Kyrie could maximize in terms of his basketball capabilities in that kind of role and situation. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of hard to read Kyrie. He's kind of um, one of those kind of not weird guys, but kind of to himself. You don't really know what he wants or what he wants to do. Um, I think he's going to be strategic and he's going to have a, a meeting with a bunch of these guys, these teams, four Me or five too. teams maybe. Um, yeah. I, I think all these guys that are free agents, I think they all have two or three teams they're thinking about and they're going to narrow it down as, as the weeks go by. But I think they'll know by June 30th. They're all going to know already what they're going to do. But I still think they're going to have a meeting with all these teams. Yeah, and and honestly, I don't think you, if he's if he's gonna play that game, he's gonna play the waiting game and kind of. Uh, I mean, if at this point, if I'm the Lakers, I I don't wait for him if that's the game he plays. You know, I go out and I make my moves because oh, yeah. uh, I like I I know we've gone back and forth on Showtime Forum about this, but I, I honestly I have him as a second tier guy free agent in this in this off class of free agents. I guess. I mean, I got Kawhi, KD. You got Kawhi, KD, and I'm missing somebody. I'm missing somebody. Uh, who else am I missing here as a free agent? Uh, I think Kawhi and Katie are probably the only yeah. guys that you can really see are in that upper tier. And then after that, you drop into the Kyrie. Honestly, I would personally take Jimmy Butler. <laughs> What's up, David? Um, over I Kyrie? Personally, yeah, over Kyrie. Easily. Easily. Thanks. And like O'Shea Jackson says, it's not even close, right? <laughs> I don't know about that one. I, I definitely take Kyrie over Jimmy. Put it this way. If Jimmy Butler, the things that I love about Jimmy Butler – let me go with my diary real quick. Um, you got you got to look at it like is is Jimmy Butler a face of the franchise type guy? You I don't, don't need that. He is. No, but you, you don't need it. If you don't, Kyrie you Irving is that type of guy, you can put on your franchise. He's he not can be the face. Are you serious? He's not. Chris. He's not a face of the franchise kind of guy, dude. He's not. He I, was the I, face of the. He was the face of the franchise in Cleveland. And how did that go? Yeah, because he was he wanted his own team. He was butting heads with LeBron. But he went to that, Boston, and they were making him the face of the franchise. But that team is is just not suited well around Kyrie. Dude, before LeBron came back, Kyrie was whining that he wanted out until all of a sudden they put the money in front of him, and all of a sudden he's like, "Oh, I'm good." Then LeBron comes comes through. He gets to the pinnacle, and all of a sudden he wants his cake and he wants to eat it too, which is fine. I get it. He doesn't want to be caught in that storm, that LeBron storm, right? But then he goes to Boston. He, he's just he's drama, dude. He's drama. And my issue with Kyrie is that he doesn't play he doesn't play the the defense that Jimmy Butler does, right? And even if Jimmy Butler's um, even if his skills start to deteriorate, which they probably are going to start to deteriorate in the next some odd years, he's still a grinder and he still wants it more than I can say Kyrie wants it. Kyrie to me doesn't, he's not that guy that I can say, oh, he wants it. He's going to lay it all on the line. Yeah. He's got the, oh, I'm a Kobe guy and mama mentality, but I haven't seen that from him to the point where he's leaving it all on the court. I mean, this off is the perfect example after they got eliminated where he's sitting there saying, oh, eh, whatever, you know, it's not a big deal. I mean, when would you ever see That's Kobe the kind of guy that? he is though. That's the kind of guy he is. And I, and I. And what, what superstar Dude. doesn't cry? Every superstar's a crybaby. They all kind of whine here and there. So yeah, but like, it just depends on what you're whining yeah. about. Yeah. I mean, I completely agree with that. But to me, the problem is that he just, when things go bad, he goes farther south. 
instead of actually trying to help, you know, and, I, and I'm not saying Jimmy Butler is like the answer to everything, but you don't need a face of the franchise. You need a guy that's going to fit in with LeBron and fit in with the core and he's going to do his stuff. And what Jimmy wants is he wants to see that everybody else around him is grinding as hard as he, as he yeah. is, as long as he sees that, which honestly, I think our young core does. I don't think he's got a problem with that. I, I, don't, I definitely don't. And I, I just don't see it, man. He, he's the type of guy that when the playoffs start, his intensity level goes up. His play, his, his play goes up a notch. Because of the playoffs. And Kyrie maybe does as well. But Kyrie defensively is just more of a liability in my opinion. And I think you, with LeBron's you know, defense, defensive liabilities or his defense, defensive deficiencies, you, ca- you have to put as many uh, defensive-minded guys around him, I think. And I mean, yeah. what do I know? Based off of age alone, I'm giving a four-year contract to Kyrie at 27, 28 mm-hmm. over Jimmy Butler at 30 years old. I'm just saying. Four years, that's a, that's a big I mean, that's great. I mean, Caruso's way you're going to do that, so go ahead and max him out. You know, <laughs> if we're talking about age, I, mean. I think the Clippers are going to – I think Butler to the Clippers like, makes a lot more sense than even yeah. for the Lakers. I, I'm i not the biggest – how should I put this? I don't know if, if Butler's attitude is right for a young team. I think our that's, that's I think big, our young squad point, has man. gone through a ton this week this this year. That's though. true. I, that's true. That, that's true. That I will give one thing that happened through this whole season is I feel like the maturity level in our guys just like jumped a few. Skyrocketed. Yeah. Oh I yeah. That. They saw a lot of stuff that I don't think they were planning on seeing <laughs> this year for sure. That's but. true. That is true. Yeah, it's interesting. The Butler thing's going to be interesting. I think he'll ultimately go to the Clippers. Just I have this feeling the Clippers are going to be able to sell him on his play style, his grittiness, like him and Beverly make a lot of sense to me. You know what I mean? Like that yep. kind of play style. So I, I you know, I, I'm not saying I don't want a Jimmy Butler, but I, you know, I, I'm with you. I think you make the call to KD. I think you make the call to Kawhi. Uh, you know, it would be amazing. I think Kawhi Leonard is the number one priority and should be for the Lakers. They have to try to sell Kyrie because Kawhi could be given the keys to the franchise and there's your guy. And and then remember, you have LeBron, you have Kawhi, they probably go and try to get or pull off an Anthony Davis trade at that point. So depending on who they sign, they can move the pieces, right? Yeah. Like you get Kyrie, is Lonzo now tradable? You know, I, I'm not saying I want to do that because I think yeah. I, I think whatever you do, you try to keep Lonzo. Yeah, in any of these deals, I've been saying that since day one. Like, try to keep Lonzo for any deal that that you possibly can. Um, But yeah, I mean, it's it's going to be interesting to to see again that what is the first domino because I don't think it's going to be as clear cut. I think these guys will have their decisions made, but I don't think it's going to be like last year where it's like everybody's going for the money and like Paul George immediately goes and signs with the Oklahoma City Thunder. I don't think it's going to be like that. I think it's going to be. We're going to meet with a couple teams and make our decision within a week or two. I just have that feeling it's going to be like everybody's going to be. On top of it, so excited for free agency to start that it starts and everybody's like, oh, okay, we're waiting just for something to happen. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see what the first domino is. And I think that affects all the teams. I think KD yeah. is obviously the, the first domino to fall yeah. out of anybody. And, and I guess Kawhi too, but uh, KD holds all the power kind of in his, his hands, I think, when you when you talk about the shift of the, the balance of the league. Yeah. And I'm hoping this whole, I hope, I'm hoping we could pull off a little bit of reverse psychology with, uh, with uh, KD. Because nobody's talking about him coming to LA, and I'm wondering if he's on social media saying, "Hey, man, how come nobody's talking about me?" You know, <laughs> I'm sure I'll, he is. Sh- I'll show them. I'm I'll sure his sensitive ass is. Watch me line up next season next to LeBron. We'll see what's up then, right? Yeah, it not, wouldn't, not could. you know, it wouldn't surprise me, but I, I don't see it happening. From everything I've heard, it's it's the Knicks all the way. But you know, Zion, that was kind of during the Zion. We hope he gets there kind of period. So yeah, we'll see. Uh, yeah, I don't know, man. It's de- it's definitely been an eventful week, but I mean that's pretty much every week in Lakerland, right? Yes. But, yeah. So I, I mean, I think at this point that's going to go ahead and wrap it up for us today. I, I want to go ahead and thank uh, Mr. Chris Manning for joining us today. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter at uh, LD2K. Don't forget, you can also catch him on 2K TV. Every how often do you guys go ahead and uh, put that out there? We are every Friday, but we are wrapping up our uh, season finale actually next week on the 31st. So we'll have our season finale then, and then we will have – I don't know how much I can say here, but we'll have a couple specials during the summertime that, that I'm looking forward to. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to those a lot. That's cool. You know, and actually before we get off, just uh, real quick <laughs> – 
obviously there was that whole rumor a couple weeks ago about Kyrie joining on, uh, jumping on 2K when his Lakers. <laughs> I got a yes. question for you because I've been trying to figure this out. How yes. do you go about getting that NBA icon above your head? What's the process for that? Where do you, who who has to submit what? Who approves it? Yeah. How does that even come about? <laughs> so we do verify NBA players, and there's actually a page. I believe it's on like 2K Supports page. Might be wrong about that, but there's a page that has a list of all the NBA players, gamer tags, and the official what system they're on and who they are. Uh, that was not Kyrie's gamer tag. Oh, uh, man. It was, a, it was a weird troll thing that happened, uh, but it wasn't Kyrie. And this person posed as Kyrie and some other players, actually. It was very smart. <laughs> and it was it was through an, a, a, one of the verified players' accounts. So basically, it was a big troll job, um, which was kind uh, of amazing. I was, I was hoping it was true, you know? Like, I was... <laughs> As soon as I saw that, I was on the phone with some of our producers being like, oh, man, is this Kyrie? You know, like, is oh. this really him? Because I, you know, I fell for it, too. Um, so unfortunately, it wasn't Kyrie, but it was it was one hell of a troll. Um, but the, the cool thing about that mode is that, yeah, we do have verified NBA players. So when you're on our neighborhood or our park mode, uh, you have like 100 my players running around and you can have them interact with um vips and celebrities that usually have stars by their name uh if they work at 2k like myself or their developers they'll have a 2k logo so you know you're playing with like some of the developers and then we'll have the nba logo by nba players so you'll know you'll be playing with uh the nba guys and it's just it's really cool to see like nba players interact with fans on you know 2k yeah uh, and sometimes they go you know certain players like we've talked to certain players where they want to have you know, a group of people following them around and they love like all the, the clout and, you know, all the people running behind them and trying to play him in games, yeah. just like taking on the community. And then there's players that are like, I don't want that verification. I want to be incognito and I don't want to be, you know, I don't, oh, want, wow. I don't want to be this, you know, I don't want to be myself. I want to be my, my player who's, yeah. you know, you know my, I, I want to be a five, two center. That's exactly it. Yeah. I, fi I find that the, the other funny thing real quick that I'll share is like the forwards and the centers in the NBA what kind of my players do you have? They always tell us, oh, I have a point guard because I like yeah. to pass and I like oh, to shoot. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I don't get the ball in real life. And then you'll have point guards being like, I'm a big because I don't get oh, the fucking. Yeah. I don't get, you know, I want, I want to get makes sense. the ball and like bully people around. So it's yeah. it's funny that like NBA players kind of have this like dream of uh, how they can be like in their own kind of mind, you know? So that's what's yeah, yeah, yeah. really cool about <laughs> the game. But yeah, that Kyrie thing was very clever. Yeah, I've done before, but uh, we took care of that person that trolled, and uh, you know. Got us. <laughs> I'm glad I asked that question. Yeah, that, that was a good one. I, oh, I mean, I was right there with you, man. I was hoping it was Kyrie. I was like on cloud nine for a minute. I was like, "Yo, is this for real?" Yeah, man? I was like, "Oh man, he's setting us up for the shop easily." Yeah. yeah, the best I can say is like check out the verified page where it says all their their gamer tags. That's the right. best way you can tell if somebody's for real. And yeah, I mean, that was a, quite an innovative thing, but uh, unfortunately. Yeah not the real Kyrie is we had his gamer tag posted on there I got one, one last question real quick um how long does it take you to make those Ali Avengers videos oh yeah um so the first one took me quite a bit actually I was working with uh Golden Knight who, who does graphics for you guys who's awesome by the way follow him on Twitter um he uh he really came through I had this idea like hey I want to put LeBron in a warm-up Laker jacket I think that would really get like people excited for this video so when you ask somebody to do something like that, there's 30 frames per second in video editing. And what you have to do is you have to do what's called keyframing. You have to go into every frame, frame by frame. Oh, wow. And so what he did was he took a two-second clip, so you're talking over 60 frames, and he had to Photoshop each frame and put them in the purple jacket. So when you put that back in motion, it's him you know, in motion, but he's in Laker gear. So we had to work on a lot of stuff like that. And then wow. some, some other Photoshop things that I really wanted to do in the video. That one took a while just because I was waiting for July 1st to drop that. Cause I, I kind of yeah. had the, the heads up that LeBron was coming. Obviously that's why I did a bunch of like storytelling in some of my videos. If you were watching mm -hmm. them, I have some prophetic stuff in there and I try to also do that now dropping some hints and some of my stuff. Just go check them out. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. <laughs> uh, so oh, like, Chris, you are good. I I'm gonna think, go subscribe right now. Yeah, you know, I think I think like you know that one took me a while, but usually a video takes me about two to three days. Once I have all the clips in, um, I, I spend a longer time digging for footage than I do editing, if that makes sense. So I will take days just lining up the footage, extracting clips, getting what I want, 
And then when I edit the videos, I edit them. It's kind of a weird thing. I kind of edit them in my head before I actually place them in a video editing program. So I'll watch a trailer and be like, I want to do that. I want to do that. I want to do that. And very rarely I'll be like, that doesn't look so good. Let me get a different clip. But mostly like 80% of it is like in my head to the computer before I even sit down to edit. So it's a weird thing that I do. I kind of play the trailer in my head and kind of visualize it. Uh, so usually a video takes me like, I would say on average one to two days one to two nights probably i should say and then if it goes longer than three days it's because i'm waiting on something else or i'm trying to find a specific clip and sometimes i'll be so anal that it'll be like 15 sec or 15 frame clip like a a fraction of a second and i just want that one clip and i have to go find it it's like very specific because it's important to me to tell that story you know i think a lot of editors edit sizzle stuff very well and there's incredible editors out there but for me it's always been about like pulling that emotion back and trying to put it in the videos and kind of harnessing that emotion that's how just that's kind of how uh focused i get it's it's very like um ocd almost you know but i love i love it man i want to do i want to do a video now but i can't find a good trailer right now so you know i i'll I'll have something out though for sure uh yeah yeah, that's dope, man. Yeah, well, once again, man, we appreciate you coming on, man. This was a blast. You know, you're always welcome on. The Thank you, man. Yeah, well, you feel, yeah. yeah, man. Thank you guys for having me on. Appreciate you guys, and uh, congrats on the continued success. And yeah, I'd love to come on sometime soon. When we when we land Anthony Davis, let's do it again. Let's do it again. Oh, yeah. easily, dude, easily. Well, I don't know. I might be partying it up for a few weeks. So. <laughs> yeah, right. Okay. After that, though, we can figure something out. Definitely. So from both uh, Adele and I and uh, all the Showtime crew, I'd like to uh, thank you guys for tuning in to the Showtime Forum podcast because without you, there is no us. Remember, we do this for you. Uh, all the blood, sweat, tears that go in, goes into every podcast, every meme, every ag- aggregation is for you. Yeah, it's not easy. We just kind of make it look easy, right? So, yeah. um, you know, through all, all the stuff you guys don't see, there's a lot of, you know, my wife telling me to get off the computer and what am I doing and all, all that day. stuff. And I'm sure, and I'm sure that – that that's uh, a lot of the guys on Showtime Forum can relate to that, but um, I also wanted to announce before we get off real quick is that we are looking to make this podcast live in the upcoming weeks, uh, so you guys out there can actually share your thoughts as we're as we're recording. Um, so stay tuned for that, and, and uh, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast uh, on whatever streaming platform you're on, whatever favorite streaming platform you have. Uh, we are on iTunes, Spotify, Google Pod youtube anchor we don't care which one you're on as long as you're on one and listening uh but other than that man we're gonna catch up with you guys next week yes sir all right peace guys